mouth? What is it saying? This is a family show. Greetings, PokePals, and welcome back to AOS Airwaves. My name is Gibbles and Bits, and with me is my bot lane bro and troll for the moment, <laughs> Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing? Doing fantastic, man. Doing good. You just um, had to say a bunch of bad words before I, I hit the record button <laughs> literally to try the, and screw up my intro. I did. I, you were laughing through the whole thing. It was fantastic. Mission accomplished. No, you put a smile on. You put a smile on my face. So I guess yes. That is mission I accomplished. Live, I live for that, my friend. I live for that. Uh, I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. Um, we have a lot to cover here uh, for this for this episode. I mean, it's wild. Like we we recorded one a couple weeks ago. Um, we we knew we knew Pretty then. Like we'd episode. have to. It was a it was a it was a thick sode. All right. It was a, it was like <laughs> close to two hours. I think it, it was it was a hefty sode. You're right. And you know, um, but we knew that we need to record another one soon because of all the stuff that was coming out and a few things we didn't even get a chance to touch. Um, in the last episode. Yeah, I think there was a lot of unknowns last time we, we recorded of, hey, this episode or this anniversary event is dropping. There's going to be a whole buttload of things that come with the anniversary event. Oh. Pokemon Unite loves to pack, especially with it being only their second one so far in mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Unite loves to celebrate the anniversary of the game dropping and uh, give some sort of surprises and, and make it, I don't know, above and beyond what the typical event would be. So yeah, we, we, we knew that there was going to be quite a, quite a bit to it. And I, I hate to, to just like already derail. I mean, we are two minutes in and I'm derailing. Um, but uh, you, you said um, there were a lot of unknowns and in my brain, I went to the Pokemon unknown. You remember the little oh, floating what if letters unknown in the game? Well, well, and so I just like, I was like, I was going to make that joke. Oh, what if unknown? But then it's like, Oh, but there's like 26 letters and a, and like a question mark. And like, there's a bunch of different versions of them, which version would it be. And then I realized, no, if unknown were in the game, it would be unknowns plural. And they would move like a swarm of like swirling letters together. And then when you would use a move, the unknowns would stream out from the from the mass of unknowns and form a word. So if it was like fire blast, Bam. the fire blast would go out and the unknowns would spell it as it. That's as so. It, that's so troll. And it would be hilarious. It, be great? it would be hilarious. Or just get you get hit with a random like Q or like an yeah. X. Like that's what you just get hit <laughs> with is just random letters, and then when it shows or, the. Like the screen of like what you died with, it's the yeah. specific unknown letter. The, the, yeah, just a, it's every time it's just a different letter, whichever letter finishes. Or like, or like, what if, what if they like streamed out and blasted somebody, and then just like in comic books, bam, came up and right, <laughs> you know, bang, kapow, like, but spelled in the unknowns. <laughs> and of course, we're gonna get I don't know halfway <laughs> up, uh, not family friendly for a second. Of course, the high roll there is you get you kill them with the D. <laughs> yeah yes that's true <laughs> you give him the you give him the d oh man uh that would be very funny i actually think it could be a cool like it taking the jokes out of it it could be a neat like like differentiator sort of to have like a swarm of a pokemon i've been i think i was talking to you and curry about like i think vespiquin would be such a cool pokemon because you would be like summoning combies you know um 
And uh, and I know that will never happen because it's like a wild Pokemon. But like you know, that would be really cool to like if you we don't have like a summoner uh, Pokemon in the in the game yet. And I think that would be really really neat to like have something. Yeah, like a. <clears throat> I mean, some people were thinking like maybe Dragapult would do that because he shoots the little Dreepies out. But I mean, that's you know, but but something like that would be really cool. And I've been thinking about it like ways to do unique spins on the MOBA genre because like there's no summoners. You know, um, <clears throat> I think a swarm of the unknowns and you could um, you could even have them like expand into like an area effect or stream a bunch of them back and forth. There's a lot you could do with it. And I just would send love them to out see... ahead of your character, like marching forward. Yeah, I, I would just love to see a. Um... Oh, there was a. Uh... Oh, Gibby, you just reminded me. So in, in Here's the Storm, there was a. Uh, do you, did you ever play StarCraft? I can't remember. Like, are you familiar with not. StarCraft? Okay, I know well, StarCraft. Alien, I have never played it, though. The alien race that was like the, the swarming and stuff like that. They were called the Zerg. And there was a Zerg the Overmind Zerg. called Abathur. And so Abathur's whole thing in Here's the Storm is he was a terrible fighter. He literally, not just like a support, like he couldn't, he, he had like no health, basically. Um, and his whole thing is he would hide in the jungle or behind towers or whatever, but he would be able to have these global powers that he would like put on allies and like give them a psychic buff. And he would have little abilities while he was, had this buff kind of like comfy. Right. But then he had other things where he could like tunnel around to a different area or whatever. He his whole, he spent the whole part of the whole time he was playing hiding his literal form while buffing other things up across the map, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. almost thinking like you could do something like really silly with like, yeah, like unknowns or something where they're like, you know, sending a couple unknowns down the lane or all of a sudden a few unknowns swirl around an enemy and you're just not actually controlling a literal character, but you're just controlling this swarm of random ancient letters, you know, like, Oh, there's, this would be so cool. There's a lot of possibilities. I think we uh we've seen how dangerous a fragile body that can't be touched that just buffs the broken things that eventually enter the that's game. True, can that's be, true. Can can be well, uh very well, powerful. So that was the cool thing, right? Is that like um was that Abathur like was if you could find him, he was done. He was toast. You just had to find him, you know? Um, and so, and I think it was something like you couldn't use his abilities within the base or something like that. Like you had to be out on the map or something. I don't exactly remember, but there's, there's some, I would love to see, okay, I'll just finish this up. I would love to see Unite start getting even wilder and even more creative with these concepts. I know that they need to get like the cool, everyone's favorite Pokemon, you know, the Mewtwo's and stuff. They need to get those out for marketing reasons, but like also let's get weird, you know, (laughs) let's get Trubbish. (laughs) Yes, dude. Trubbish. I I really do want a, a new poison Pokemon. I, Love poison Pokemon, but you want anyways. poison and bugs that we know. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about the anniversary event, man. Do you want to run us through that? Like, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. You know, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on it. I haven't really heard too much of your thoughts on it. So, can you give us a breakdown of like what all's included? Yeah. So anniversary event. Um. So the anniversary event came out, and it is, uh, you know, the king with the new battle pass, which is, I guess or around the same time at least, but it is pirate themed. So they gave you a, or up front, I think at level one is a Greedent 
skin where he's got like a little like scarf and i think it's maybe cute. even he's like, like a bandana patch. like a pirate bandana yeah and then at the and at the top end they gave which we already knew about and i guess some of our community already knew about but we were like speculating oh like what who do we think is going to get the next battle pass because of the buffs and changes that they're making that there's always usually something tied with that but some of our community already knew that it was going to be zashin at the top end so zashin's got like a full-on like black beard looking pirate skin uh, which is pretty cool. If you play Zacian, I do think it is a rather sweet skin to have. Um, but with the the anniversary event is a cake challenge where um, you collect these little, um, you, you continue to build the different layers of a cake. And as you collect these points, you you, you get tickets. Um, you can even get like temporary licenses or, or item enhancers. Um, even fuel tanks if you're trying to roll for for certain badges and things like that. So you build these cake, uh, you get points with that. Um, and then they also released the Mewtwo collection event where you are searching through the crystal cave and trying to complete different missions and tasks in order to help identify maybe leads to find Mewtwo and it will eventually lead you to finding Mewtwo, which he would blast you in the face. But you, you, you would, it's how you can unlock for free if you're diligent enough in this event. You can unlock uh, Mewtwo as a, uh, a monitor and you can find the license without having to pay for it for gems or for coins when, it, when eventually it gets to that point. Uh, they also released the uh, tower defense mode which had been previewed for quite some time. So a completely different mode and a step above. It's kind of a cut above all of the, the temporary events that they do on other modes. Like I know they do peak a party or they did the whole EV it is, mode. It is better than any of the other modes that I've played. It's more involved. Like it's a it lot is. more involved. It so is. it's kind of got its own little uh, meta, as I'm going to call it, where you can get upgrades. So you, by playing the different, uh, the different levels and difficulties in the tower defense mode you can acquire these points which do a couple different things so i'm going to kind of just jump since we're transitioning from away from the anniversary event into the tower defense mode i'm just going to kind of go and just focus on that here for a minute the tower defense mode you and four other teammates still in a team of five you eventually you essentially have the the task of uh, depending on what difficulty you're doing, defending three total lanes that are uh, of enemies that are all trying to make its way towards what you considered your tower, which is Tinkaton. So Tinkaton does also level up as you get through more and more waves. But there's four difficulties. Um, the more, the higher the difficulty, all the higher the reward, and the more points that you get for completing the uh, the the waves. But they also get harder and longer, and Tinkaton will level up and things like that. Uh, you can utilize those points in a its own specific event shop in order to get buffs. Like you can get um, each each buff has five levels of it, and they each require more points in order for you to get to the higher levels of these buffs. Being increased attack, increased special attack, uh, lowering your cooldowns, increasing the effects of healing moves, whether it's passive or intentional healing, something like a Giga Drain. Um. There is uh, increased crit chance, which has been uh, pretty effective, and people like that as well, increasing your health. So there's all these different buffs that you that are static. They stay in your account. It's not like a one-time use kind of thing. And you can take those into future battles with the tower defense mode. 
So, so tell me, DBN, how have you played the tower defense mode? What, what have you had? What have you liked with it? What have you found the most effective? Yeah. Um, so I think I haven't watched any videos on it, so I could be wildly off. Uh, but to me, playing through it felt pretty simple and straightforward in that I quickly identified, um, that, uh, anything that has, uh, like a, like an 80 carry style, like basic attack, um, was the easiest way to mm-hmm. play not necessarily sure. the most fun or the most rewarding or even the most optimized but like from a basic um ease of use thing i just played duraludon just the whole time and i i played some yeah. flash can and i played some uh dragon pulse and both seemed fine neither seemed that much better than another one um <clears throat> but it seems to me from my time playing it that that has become the overwhelming uh sort of selection because I queued into a game where uh, all of my teammates had the exact same items of scope lens, muscle band, rapid fire scarf. And the team consisted of Duraludon, Decidueye, Cinderace, uh, Garchomp, I think. And um, uh, I think Greninja was the, was the fifth uh, auto attacker. It might've been Dragapult or something like that, but yeah, it was, it was kind of, it, it was funny to me that like everybody sort of zoned in on that exact same thing. And obviously when I go to the shop to spend the event, uh, you know, points to upgrade my, uh, my perks, I basically just spent them on crit attack and, um, attack speed and health. I think yeah, I've that's completely the other one I ignored attack speed. I've completely ignored all of the special, uh, ones and all of the defenses ones just cause I'm like, eh, just crank out more damage, stay at range. I'll be fine. And by and large, it does work. Um, I've gone a few games, even at the highest level where like, I, I don't die at all, depending on the skill of my teammates. Um, even in the games where, uh, it's a little bit tougher and take a ton gets kind of low. Um, I'm at the point where like, maybe I'll die once or twice, but for the most part, like, I don't think I've lost at the highest level, uh, yet. Um, partly because I think I'm, I've got enough of the perks now that like playing Duraludon or something similar is just like, I'm not even fully upgraded, but it just does enough. And then the rest of the people that I'll queue with seem to be at that same place too. So I guess if I was going to say like, first off, it's a very fun game mode. It's novel, it's unique. And, um, you know, it's just a, a, a good time. I do really like that. You can kill the, um, deli birds, uh, and get, presents to get like little cool deployables um you can also certain pokemon will come up and they will be they'll have a circle around them which means you can catch them and then redeploy them on your side for a short time almost like a almost like playing a fighting game yeah well almost like playing a fighting game and it brings in the uh you know the 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 teammate the tag team to do a quick move and then jumps back out you know like marvel capcom or something Mm -hmm. um so you know that's pretty cool there i was surprised uh at the uh, range of characters that would get brought in, especially like the in-game mon. So like you can run into Mime, Greninja, Delphox, Venu, Talonflame. Like there's a lot of Pokemon that they Snorlax, in- yeah, Snorlax, yeah. Well, uh, Slowbro, I think, not Snorlax. No, I, you, you get. Did you? you can, I haven't in- gotten Snorlax yet. That's cool. Yeah, you can run into Snorlax. It's I've run into him to him the most when I think it's like wave three or four mm-hmm. when you run into uh, Unbound Form Hoopa the first time. Oh like, yeah, supposed to be like yeah. the big first boss. Mm-hmm. Hoopa comes out of that center center lane making big like, noises summoning people yeah and it catches you off guard the first time or two and you don't know what's going to happen but you everybody starts running down lane like oh i gotta beat defeat the big boss and then he summons two portals yeah and there's two the lanes there's two mons near now tinkaton mm-hmm. 
close to the home base. And that's typically where I end up seeing, um, when I have seen it, seen Snorlax is, is summoned from Hoopa. Gotcha. Well, I haven't seen Snorlax yet, so that's a that's kind of neat that there's still something I haven't seen. But anyways, I was impressed by that. I will say, again, you know, um, I'm never going to be, like, <clears throat> super in love with these side game modes. Um, at least I haven't yet. And once again, I got tired of it pretty quickly. Um, I think I wouldn't have gotten tired of it if it was, like, a horde mode where, like, you'd go until you drop. And I think I would have loved to have seen it like a theoretically infinite number of rounds or maybe just a much longer, like that'll start repeating, but with more density of Pokemon until you eventually lose. I really would have loved to have seen how far you can push it, you know? Um, And I think, I don't know. I don't want to say that that's, that would have been an easy change for them to make, but I think that in a future iteration of something like this, they need to find ways to make it so that like, you can't just finish it and be done with it. Like I really would have loved that for a game mode like this to have had a theoretically infinite ceiling so that, you know, you might pull in some of these top players who, you know, after the first five or six games, like, yeah, okay, that's enough of that. Like, but if there was a challenge to see which team could post the highest score on a horde mode, I guarantee you people would be really into that. Um, Well, and, and, to your point, well, while a horde mode or having like an extended, almost like it being the call of duty zombies would be like that kind of structure where it's, there's an infinite number of waves and it gets harder and harder and harder or they, they, their health keeps getting boosted and farther up. So it's, where's the breaking point. There is a leaderboard currently in tower defense mode where it, the, the leaderboard tracks, what it was your total clear time of all of the waves and what was Tinkaton's health at when you cleared it. So there is a leaderboard, but we're getting to the point now where the leaderboard is essentially all the same time and it's all the same comp. So there's there's a solve now for it, right? It's these five mons, which is what you described as all the attack-based single target damage or, or just a, just basic attack damage. Just how how quickly can I can I strike, maximize crit, maximize attack speed, and maximize your cooldowns, and then just just swing away as fast as you can. And uh, I did the other side of things, not because I knew any better to begin with, but I was also like halfway through upgrading special attack by that point because I play mages. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do special attack. Why not? And that was became very clear very quickly that that was not the way to do it. But I'm like, oh, okay, I'm committed, whatever. I was like, I'll end up queuing into teammates that do the, do the meta thing and it'll carry me through games, right? And it did. I got to a point where... I think I, I think I maxed out special attack. I maxed out my cooldown reductions and I was able to do some cool things, but my damage numbers were nowhere near what the attack based characters were. I, I ended up finding an on special attack. If you do go that route, the two builds I recommend are giga drain Venusaur, because when you maximize the, when you reduce the cooldowns one uh, giga drain pedal dance, the giga drain does a lot more. If you, if you do the, the buff that your healing effects do a lot more. You can essentially refill your entire health at, at will. And the pedal dance never drops. So you just continue to pedal dance over and over and over again. So that felt pretty good. And I actually found that A9 was pretty useful. You They've already gotten low, relatively low cooldowns at like four seconds a, a piece for Blizzard and Avalanche. If you have the cooldown reduction buff, it pretty much goes to zero. And you can continue to throw blizzards and avalanches at things. But the walls 
from Avalanche are actually very effective at blocking the big bosses that come down the center lane from making a lot of progress. Like I was able to essentially for my team, buy them time for some of these other attack based carries to whittle the health of these big bosses down without ever reaching Tinkaton by just the, the, the snow and the slow from blizzard doesn't necessarily do a whole lot, but the avalanche, because it's a physical block, almost like a mime wall is pretty effective. So if you have to go, if you're going to go special attack, if you want to try that route, that would be my suggestion, but your your damage numbers will be doubled and tripled. If you go the, the regular attack route. Um, I'm curious to see if they end up changing anything about the uh, parade party. It's called panic party. First of all, I know we've been calling it the tower defense mode, but panic party is the name of the actual mode. I wonder whether they'll change anything. So as a reference, it is, there are periods of time that it will be active and deactivated in the game. So the longest period is what we're currently in now from set from July 21st. We're recording this on July 26th. So we're halfway through the period, but from July 21st to July 31st is the first wave. Then it goes down for about three to four days. I don't know if they plan on changing anything or if it's just maintenance to collect data, see what they're going to do. It'll be back up from the from August 4th to August 6th. Then it's down again till the 11th. It'll be August 11th to August 13th. And then it'll be down again for a week and then August 18th to August 20th. So we're in like a week and a half period right now where the game is kind of in its launch and in its its heyday. And then it'll go down and then it'll come back up just on uh, a couple day periods, which I'm looking... These all are the weekends. So the 11th through 4th through the 6th, the 11th through the 13th, and the 18th through 20th are all the concurrent weekends after the initial drop of, of the tower defense mode. So if you're looking to play it, if you don't get to complete any quests on it, definitely go back and check on the weekends. That's when it will be back up. Um, one thing to note as we transition to Mewtwo, the tower defense mode has one other use in it. In the event shop for the tower defense mode, you can earn, if you're playing at the highest level, depending on the health of Tinkaton, when you complete the, the 15th wave, you will get anywhere between, I think it's like 100 to 450 points. And you can redeem in the Panic Parade event shop dice that you can roll to help clear your way through the Mewtwo anniversary event of the Crystal Caves. You can purchase three dice, I believe, uh, at 100 points, and then you can com, uh, you can transfer four dice for a thousand points each in the event shop as well. So we'll take you probably a good dozen clears or so, complete clears with decent health left on Tinkaton on the highest level to get the thousand points one. But one successful high level clear with I'll say 75% health of Tinkaton left will get you the initial three dice that are only cost 100 points in this shop. So let's go and talk about Mewtwo now. So, Debian, I know you have some thoughts and some feelings as it pertains to Mewtwo. So um, first, before we get to Mewtwo, because this came first, but it's all in, in the same vein, why don't you tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the, uh, the, the letters from the dev that came out We've been waiting to hear from them for quite some time. It's been probably a good three to four months at least 
So we received one from them slightly before, I think a day or two before the anniversary drop. Why don't you run us through what the, the devs had to say? Yeah, so um, this posted uh, just a couple days before uh, the anniversary event. And I think a lot of it was them, um, you know, previewing um, the, like previewing the rest of the anniversary event and sort of giving like a little bit of the, uh, like what to expect and, and whatnot. But a, a lot of it was centered around announcing Mewtwo officially, which I mean, if you're involved with the game, you would know that Mewtwo is on the test server. Um, and so that it was coming both the X and the Y, but currently just the unite license X is coming out. Now there are still some questions, but they basically gave an overview like, Here's what they do. They fill their meta gauge by using basic attacks and moves, and then they mega evolve uh, in order to uh, get boosted stats and change their attack styles and stuff. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, it was interesting to me, I think, Gibby, they expressed that um, Mewtwo is designed to be easy for beginners to use. Um, and... From my experience, I don't have it unlocked yet, but from my experience watching it be played, it does seem pretty darn easy to use. Now, I suspect there's going to be uh, some ability to like, okay, because it's a melee Pokemon, you don't want to get in over your head. You don't want to dive in, you know, just like with Zacian. I mean, even a a bad Zacian player is still a bad player, right? Um, But um, I think that we are looking at a very similar situation where... Uh, even easier than Zacian, which at least has some nuance in its sword charging. Like, this is an easy-to-use Pokemon, um, and none of the abilities are really, like, skill shots or anything like that. They're all, you know, lock-ons or or aimed mobility and, and, and stuff like that, right? So, um, I think it's neat. If I'm being honest, I kind of respect the idea of, like, let's take this character that's extremely well-known, beloved, <clears throat> but not make it inaccessible for new players make it a pokemon that is easy to use fun to play and i think that they achieved that now you and i are going to talk a little bit more about mewtwo uh and what it's like shortly but i also want to take the time to like mention that they had a whole section of this letter acknowledging publicly for the first time uh, that Zashin was, and I quote, excessively strong at release and in the following months. So they admitted, without apologizing uh, of note, but they admitted at least, uh, we screwed up with Zashin. It was too strong at release in the following months. And they further go on to say, our goal with Zashin was to tune it over time to reach the state that is now currently in, which I think is a really weird thing for them to admit that like, we intend they basically say we intended for it to be strong and to uh, for us to reel it back we just didn't like we just didn't know that it was that strong um and they said we recognize our communication on the subject was limited and that the time it spent overpowered was prolonged we want to explain our design philosophy behind legendary pokemon moving forward and detail the steps to improve their arrival on aos island now here is my issue with this gibby tell me what you think but why do they give a shit about delineating between regular Pokemon and legendary Pokemon? They don't need to. Even in the they TCG, don't. 
like you have yes if there's gonna print a mew it's gonna be strong but you know also strong are you know tinkaton and you know um arcanine or whatever like there's it doesn't really matter if they're legendary or not legendary in the tcg you know i understand that coming from the video game where all legendary pokemon are basically tagged as having these ridiculous stats right um and it's a little bit of a different thing in you know in the vgc right but like this is a moba why you know the only reason it like you could take mewtwo's entire kit and switch it and put it on giraffe rig you know what i mean like it, it like why why make that important distinction and why feel the pressure to make legendaries stand out just by the fact that in the video games they're a, a cool box pokemon i mean look if by that logic why isn't pikachu op you know what i mean pikachu's their mascot right so i don't understand this like i don't know what do you think so i i fully agree with you but what i read out of that is that the producer or at least the people advising the producer here or from the devs they're not moba experts they're not they just don't they are marketing and like ip knowledgeable but they're not game knowledgeable they don't care about creating a healthy meta they don't create care about creating like continuity amongst the game they want continuity amongst the ip and the other brands because we like we know pokemon unite is not the flagship product within pokemon by any by any means so that it is a means to an end of implementing these very popular and visible characters into another section of all of the products that Pokemon has, and they just didn't do it in the right way. Something that I read into the whole dev letter was, hey, we recognize that it was way too strong. We recognize that it was excessively strong and it shouldn't have been working our way back to where it is now. So they now, that tells you two things. One, they believe Zacian is right where it should be. And I don't think going forward, we will see many changes to Zacian. And I'm okay with that. I actually think that Zacian is beatable. Now, while it it's, is very, very beatable. strong, yeah, it's... it's beatable. I do think once it is released as playable, for in in competitive play because it has been as i understand it's been banned up until this point in all yeah. major competition which and i wonder if the devs would feel that it was excessively strong had a different body within the game been like yeah no you're not allowed to play this because despite it being in the game i we think this is awful for competition I wonder if they would feel that it's excessively strong or if they by de facto had to acknowledge that. So so that's an interesting point because uh, and I could be off on this. I'm not 100% sure, but someone was telling me that it wasn't actually um the Pokemon Unite, you know, slash Pokemon Company, Teamy Studios, whatever that had Zacian banned. It was the individual tournament organizer. So to my knowledge, Pokemon farms out the like uh organization and the running of a lot of these big events like the aos cup and stuff like that to other people they don't literally right. do it themselves so what that means is that they have given up a little bit of the ability to um determine what the bands are going to be you know what kind of things are going to be removed for bugs i don't believe it's anything where um you know 
Timi is directly going and saying, no, you must run Zacian because there are some Japanese uh, AOS Cup uh, tournaments where Zacian was permitted. And in those, Zacian was picked or banned every, like it was like 98% pick ban rate or something like that. Um, it might've even been a hundred percent. But it was like every single game had it picked or banned and it had an incredible win percentage across those those times. So, you know, in the US, I know for a fact, Zacian's never been allowed, right? So somebody's making those decisions that's not teamy. Otherwise it would be consistent. And more than that, what are they going to do at Worlds? Because that's they're my gonna, point. They're going to get to was it Yokohama, Japan, mm-hmm. and and the Pokemon Company is going to roll up and they're going to be like, why isn't our amazing box legendary sword dog allowed to be played in this tournament? And my, I think what's going to happen is, and same with Mewtwo. I suspect that's where the timing is. I would be so surprised, so surprised, if we get to Yokohama, Japan, and worlds gets turned on the i'm going to turn worlds on my stream and put it on the tv and and sit there with a box of popcorn and watch the whole thing like nonstop. uh and i will be so surprised if i don't hear spragle saying something to the sense of well despite it being banned all season long uh zashin and mewtwo uh, are both going to be permitted in this event so teams are going to have to adjust that like i know it's going to happen because it's all about image like the Pokemon mm-hmm. company, not Teamy necessarily, but the Pokemon company is all about image. It's not even, and this is where a lot of my complaints come, especially at the VGC, like like not even the competitive format, but just the video games, right? So like, like looking at Scarlet and Violet, you know, my complaint has everything to do with the game lacks a lot of substance, right? Because it's all about the visuals. It's all about the image of both the company and the Pokemon and the world. So, you know, my gut is telling me we're going to see these being forced to be played and all the pro players are going to sit there and and groan at it, right? Because the truth is, is that whether or not Zacian is beatable, and look, I agree that Zacian is beatable, but Zacian and Mewtwo are going to dominate any competitive format that they are in. They are just that strong. And there are other Pokemon that are that strong at certain points of the game. You know, Water Bear is just as strong at level five as Sasha, maybe even a little bit stronger. But at the end of the game, probably not, right? Mewtwo uh, is, is as soon as Mewtwo hit fives, and arguably even before, it's got a lot of survivability. But as soon as it hit fives, it, it's just a walking powerhouse that almost nothing can contest. Um, and we can talk about the balance of it, and it's already been emergency nerf. But my point is, like, why do they feel this fixation? on you know delineating and and literally they they say here i'm gonna read another clip here right another excerpt so they say um since it's released pokemon united has placed a great importance on expressing the personality of each pokemon through their gameplay mechanics yes and i think they've done largely a good job of this right but as such we're designing legendary pokemon to become the leaders of their respective teams, conveying their strength through capabilities while giving them weaknesses in exchange for that strength they then go on to use the example of Zashin having to give up an item slot to get the rusted sword. Gibby, um, <clears throat> I don't see Mewtwo as having a weakness right now. I was going to ask the same thing. I was like, okay, I was thinking, I was like, what's Zashin's weakness? But okay, you're right. He does have one less item. Yeah, battle do item you slot. notice it? No. <laughs> I don't think any item is as good as what that rusted sword lets you do. Well, considering that his is, when you think about it, what does a battle item do? 
the battle item gives you a small boon active actively in the game Mm -hmm. along with a boost to certain stats well Zacian's stats are far and above beyond over the Mm -hmm. gap that any one of the battle items could close in the first place so from a stat perspective it doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. he is far over still the strength of the replacement of the one battle item so so what's the point of losing the battle item when the stats are are, yeah. are crazy? It's like, you know, and so you've and Mewtwo got doesn't these... have to our point, Mewtwo doesn't have a weakness. I think right they now, I think least... they I think they would argue that Mewtwo's weakness is the time where he's literally Mewtwo and not Mewtwo X, and I sat there and go, Mewtwo regular is just fine. Like you could see he's just a regular degular smegular girl from the Bronx and he's way too strong. <laughs> and he's really strong. And then as soon as he mega morph and power rangers, then all of a sudden he's side punching you into the ground and you can't kill him. Uh, he turns ins- into a transformer and he rolls over. It, it, you all, yeah. I mean, it's literally Optimus prime walking under your goal, punching you in the face. And then when you try to run away, say, get over here. Right. Get so over, yeah, yeah. It's literally <laughs> the throwing out all the references. Aren't yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking, well, you said go to over here. I was thinking it's scorpion from mortal Kombat. oh that too yeah <laughs> actually that's it's probably the original even better kid over here that's i think the original kid i know it here. is yeah 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 so anyways i think that that's um all that to wrap it back around to our close to our close on the dev note at least yeah and, and before they, we really get into mewtwo because i think we're headed that we're, direction we're headed here. there we're headed there i think i just one last thing i want to say is i don't like this sentence where they say we designed legendary pokemon to be the leaders of their respective teams i don't think that that's like something that's healthy in a moba design environment is to like predetermine uh the best pokemon like to 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 be honest it's something that like every moba always has a top dog but i think that that's something that needs to be organic not something that should be predetermined you know um and this idea that they're anointing legendary pokemon and and they even say we're hoping to be releasing more legendary pokemon in the future so i think that that definitely presents um presents a a potential issue that i think we're going to run into time and time again and though they do say that they'll be releasing all pokemon for public testing uh going forward they won't be holding any back like they did with mew and like they did with zashin um i still think we are going to continue every few months we're going to have another issue where these Pokemon are going to be dropped way over tuned. And in the case of legendaries, they're going to be reluctant to back them down in a timely fashion because they've, they've anointed them as the leaders quote unquote of a given Pokemon unite team. And I think that that is a problematic design philosophy. I do too. Also just from the fact that you can have multiple of them on, on one team or in a game too, until they implement a draft mode, which we've been calling for forever into ranked into, into ranked ladder it's they're like oh these are the leaders of the teams well it's the roster is going to become very top heavy very quickly if you keep if you keep introducing legendary pokemon to what already is becoming a pretty expansive roster the the bottom 80 percent that aren't legendaries of your roster if you keep adding them to the game and you're intending them to be flagship team captain pokemon you're just going to have four captains on a team because it's just going to be all legendaries if you keep releasing them at this power level can i ask you a question just on this and then we'll we'll move on. What do you mm-hmm. feel? It, it just take a second to think about it. What do you feel is the most unique, the most unique kit in all of Pokemon Unite? I have my answer, and it sort of supports this question. But I'm just curious where you land. What is the most unique kit that's currently in the game? Yes, the most unique kit to me that is currently in the game 
from a structure perspective, not necessarily from power level, but just right. in terms of uniqueness and standing out from the crowd. You know what I mean? It to me is one of two things. I think I'd have to go with Mew or I think I'd have to go with Mew or I'd have to go with Sableye. Okay. Because I mean Sableye with the 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 stealth and the warding provides a lot, but Mew's structure of constantly being able to switch your moves and having the different options to that, yeah. I think is maybe in my opinion the most unique. So my answers were Mew and Hoopa. Two no, yeah, you're right. Hoopa's Hoopa's very very unique as well. And, and probably more unique than Sableye. And even looking at Hoopa, there's just things that it does that are just weird and make it stand out. It's very powerful, but it's not necessarily like a raw damage, raw strength. It's it's unique in that it has a lot of skill expression in it. It has a lot of flexibility in it. Similar to Mew, and Mew is strong and it's been back down a few times, right? But like my problem with the design philosophy is Everything to do with, you know, we'll get a Pokemon like Inteleon. And I'm not saying Inteleon isn't strong or isn't good. But its moves are not unique. Like, we've literally talked about the fact that three of Inteleon's moves are variants on other moves from other Pokemon's kits. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I think it might be a little lazy. But I don't think it's necessarily a problem. To me, what delineates a mythical or legendary Pokemon are those weird things like the hyperspace portals and like the move swapping passive for Mew. I just think that there are ways to signal to the player base. This is a special Pokemon that we hold dearly and we want to express and, and pay homage to uh, the uniqueness of this character within the lore while still not making it completely outshine every other single Pokemon in its role. Because at the end of the day, like Zacian is an all rounder and there's no reason that it should be anointed to sit at the top of the all rounder charts while Pokemon like Machamp uh, and Garchomp just get, you know, de facto removed from consideration when you could just have a Zacian. That's not a healthy way to design things. And it's also not fair to the fact that, you know, let's not forget, like, Machamp was one of the OG, like, cool, quote-unquote, cool Pokemon. Garchomp uh, is the uh, <laughs> the bane of my generation and slightly younger uh, of Cynthia's Garchomp just earthquaking the crap out of our team constantly in, in Diamond and Pearl. Like, these are just as recognizable and beloved Pokemon you know, as something like, arguably more so. I think Garchomp is probably more popular than Zacian, you know, and, and probably almost as popular as Mewtwo, you know, um, but because there's this legendary tag in their brain, they think they have to do something different. And when you instead think about the fact that all of these Pokemon, in theory, should be treated special because each character should feel special. And that's my problem with what this is. But we're going to move on uh, and talk specifically about Mewtwo. Gibby, um, by this point, the player base probably understands what the moves do. Uh, but if you wouldn't mind giving me a sort of rundown on, you know, uh, the the we already talked about how the, the um, Mega Evolve works. But give me a rundown on the four moves. And, and while you're doing that, I would like you to rank them in your mind 
from uh, worst to best. So tell me what the worst uh, move from you two is all the way up to the best. And, and it's your opinion. So, you know, there's no right or wrong necessarily. Although I think that we all know what the worst move is. But uh, go ahead and, and tell us what we got. Yeah, at level five, you get uh, the ability to, I mean, it's a, at, at base, I'll just go through the basic moves real quick. Um, basic moves, you have confusion, which is just a blast of, of uh, energy that, of psychic energy that deals damage to in a straight line uh, to an opponent. Barrier gives you a little bit of a move, uh, move speed buff um, and a little bit of a shield, and uh, you can do a little bit more damage from that. And then you move into, um, at level five, you replace confusion with future sight and psi strike. Future sight is a sure hit that uh, kind of builds up. It, it locks onto an enemy and it kind of builds up and then it does a pop of damage at the end of it. Uh, psi strike creates a line like almost like a psychic line to a pokemon that does damage over time for a good two or three seconds that you like from you two and then uh it has a ball that Mewtwo shoots out and it hits the the enemy and it kind of knocks them up uh for a second while they're locked their movement speed is decreased um and it can hit other other pokemon that if they're near when the explosion happens uh replacing barrier at level seven you get recover which basically gives you a little bit of a shield and then all the damage that you take during that time at once the recover is done after a good two or three seconds it then transforms some of that damage dealt to you into health or into a shield i think it's health um and then teleport basically is a decent range teleport that gives you movement speed and damage dealt increase um and its basic attack increase or basic attack gauge that works towards the mega form also goes up a little bit too. So it's kind of just like a, like a dash and a buff move. So if I have to pick any of these moves, let's go, let's start with number four. Number four is recover. Recover is crap. It doesn't necessarily do you what you think it's going to do. Like if it's going to recover health, it should do more. It should recover more health or mitigate more health than it does. And most of the time on your team, you have a, a healer. I was like screaming at my phone because I was playing Clefable on a team with a Mewtwo in lane. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And the guy took recover. I'm like, I'm recovering for you. I'm doing that. Yeah, you that's don't my job, do, idiot. <laughs> you don't need to do it again for another slot. You waste a slot to do that, but worse. Like it's It's just not a good move. Number three, three through one is kind of where you start to get into, um, kind of into that. I would put number three personally as Future Sight. Mm-hmm. I think Future Sight is the third best move of the four. Um, the pop of damage you get at the end of Future Sight isn't bad, but it takes, it is a sure hit. Um, it, it's got a decently long cooldown, but so do all of Mewtwo's moves now after the emergency nerfs. Um, but if you, the, the, the amount of time that it takes for the future site to pop into that, uh, kind of big ball of damage is quite lengthy, truthfully. And when you're in, when you're in game and let's say you're trying to chase somebody down and you pop them with future site, they have time to get back to a pad, have a teammate, heal them, get out, grab a berry, any number of situations where the future site won't kill them. It just doesn't, in my opinion, it just doesn't pop early enough. Um, the number two ability, I think, is teleport um, 
Actually, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go Psy Strike. Mm. I think Psy Strike is number two, and that's because, truthfully, you can take Future Sight, you can take Psy Strike. Either one of them will be relatively good. I think Psy Strike is better than Future Sight. The incremental damage that you do with the lock-on and, and the beam that it's kind of does continuous damage, and then it's got the big pop of damage at the end. Um, I think it's the better of the damage two moves. Also, you can it's got a knock-up at the end of it, and you can hit additional targets if they're near, like I said, that ball at the end of the Psy Strike. Um, but the best move overall is Teleport. There is something a cut above having a really good mobility move and being able to close people down and close that distance down having the increased move speed having the increased damage doubt i also feel like it's like a it's like it's in its own little way it's a mini energy amp because of the increased damage doubt that you do afterwards it's a, and it's a, it's the perfect enable move for something that wants to be up in your face wants to be physical has repositioning and i think it is the move that that allows you the biggest amount of skill expression in what is meant to be an easy character in Mewtwo. So knowing where to teleport, knowing when to go in, knowing when the right time is to dive and to be up in someone's face and put that pressure on. You can, you can dive over certain areas of the wall because teleport has that range. And it also increases your mega gauge faster, which is really important. I actually went through a game with a teammate who never got through and never went mega at least that i saw like they may have gone mega once or twice like in a while i wasn't with them in a lane but i tried to be with them as much as i could because i was playing the healer it's that same game and they never went mega and it is, is a huge detriment if you can't um, but teleport helps you do that without having to physically attack an opponent constantly uh one thing that i didn't mention about psi strike is that isn't that the move that has a um that pulls in right no, future sight pulls. Um, Psy strike. So it's knocks the future up. sight that pulls. Okay, so so Psy strike knocks up at the end, and the future sight is the one that pulls it you. Pulls in. at the beginning. Okay, so there is a little beginning. At the beginning, right. right? So there is there is a little bit of an additional benefit to future sight with that pull in. Depending on your team comp, you might have the the need for a future sight to pull somebody in, whether it's for the damage or just the repositioning to set up a teammate to be able to do more damage. Yeah. I do think that there are there are positives to both moves mm -hmm. oh, where you can really make that determination. They're both fantastic moves, but I, I maintain that I think teleport having the the move ability gives you a little bit of extra survivability, the movement speed, the additional damage enabling, and you can teleport into the, your and then alt and you have more damage off your alt as well. The, so it's a mini range, energy amp is what I'm calling it. The range it. on it is is fantastic it's a huge range relative to a lot of the other dashes in the game right um the cooldown on it is not short but it, it's also one of those things where it's like you don't use it frivolously like you jump in and throw everything at the enemy or you know as you because you live so long as you start to get weak you use it to disengage it's it's a really really good move um i think there's no reason to ever pick recover over teleport um but then the other thing is you you mentioned it like i think the crazy strong thing about Mewtwo and I don't even know if all the players have figured this out yet but I know the best players have is there's legitimate reasons to go into the game and look at the enemy team and say this is a future site game because I want to be hooking people towards my team uh, and blowing them up that way or wow their front line is brutal I'm going to use future site because I can keep the at range do a ton of damage and then knock them all up because that's the crazy thing is when you throw the at the end of um 
Scythe Strike, when you throw that little ball, it doesn't just knock up the target. It's like explodes in an area, damaging and knocking up anybody in that little group. Um, and there's some, there's some like really uh, impressive things you can do with that. Where like, if you, um, and I know that our teammate Onion was talking about like wanting to practice using Mewtwo with the uh, targeting wheel because there's some crazy stuff you can do where like you may want to actually there may be three people in front of you but the range is enough you may actually want to target not the closest person but the person behind you know the front line let's say there's a mammoth swine right in front of you but they're behind the mammoth swine is a mew well you know if you are using the regular aiming you're not going to be able to lock onto the mew behind the mammoth swine but if you can lock onto the mew then as you pull away and are doing that damage and then throw the blast to knock that, you know, squishy up. It gives your, you know, speedsters time to jump on and close distance, or you can even just teleport past the front line and go grab them afterwards. Like there's a lot that you can do with that. And then I think similarly, you know, um, I think the easiest way to play is probably the grab with future sight and it doesn't do as much damage, but boy, it's so awful to be trying to get away because the range on the grab is huge. It's not uh, a skill shot, which I think is just an insult to Buzzwall. Um, and so it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Because it's it's honestly the grab is just as good as Buzzwall's like suplex thing in terms of like the amount of space that you're displaced. And it's a lock on. So it's just it's kind of wild. Um, Same thing with uh, Ice Fang. Yeah. Yes. God, don't get me started on on Ice Fang for Mamo. Yeah, just neglected um but anyways uh so that that is kind of the the rundown on mewtwo i totally agree with all of your rankings um and i will say this the ultimate is nutty it's really really good because of its ease of use because of its global presence if you're on top of your game and you you're you know you're down there uh pushing an objective or let's say you're you're down in bot lane clearing regirock and you see the top lanes getting pushed in uh and they're about to dunk a bunch of stuff just press that unite move and way up there as they're dunking on the pad giant side beams not only damage them potentially set up your allies to jump in off of the stun but they also obviously stop the dunks like there's so much utility when everybody's grouped up in the ray pit oh my gosh like they're gonna get hit by three of these uh these you know um orbital strikes of psychic energy so um yeah it's a fantastic character from a power level perspective now where do you think uh this sits because obviously it got dropped and less than 24 hours later they patched it because it was getting absurd win rates uh you were seeing 200k multiple 200,000 damage games um, I think Chris Hero set a personal record on damage numbers with Mewtwo, like cr- absolutely insane. Um, and they toned it down. They increased a couple cooldowns, and they also reduced the amount of stats you get uh, in your Mega Form. But coming from our experience at practice on Wednesday, I would argue it is still top tier. Yep, no argument for me there. I still think it is the best character in the game uh, for a multitude of reasons. One, it's just really hard to have. If you are not, I'm not trying to insult anybody if they're if they're struggling to figure this Pokemon out. But if you are a mid, at least a mid level player, 
it is really hard to be bad with Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. Once you have gotten some games on your belt and you figure out the way that it wants to play, it's really hard to be to you can't miss moves. They're sure hits. Both options in one of your slots are a sure hit. And the other one is a pop ability that's a buff. And the other one's a pop ability that's a buff. Like you just you you can't miss it's moves. Easy. I mean they, is, they said that that they wanted to make it for beginners. They, they, they did. And you're old and you're old you there's no aiming you just you just press the button and it goes off like it's not it's really hard to miss moves it's just you have to have the confidence to be able to go in in the right situations which is 90 percent of the roster in the first place do you you remember when we first started covering this game and like we made the recommendation like if you're a new player play pikachu it's a strong character it's easier than pikachu this is easier than pikachu it's stronger than pikachu uh and if you play right now it's free it's freer than pikachu so like actually no that's not true you get pikachu when you start i guess that it's one of the options and and if you're looking and if they truthfully are and we'll never see this happen i bet if they truthfully want this to be a character that is meant to be played as an introductory here's how the game works they won't do that (laughs) they should they should make it a part of that initial pool of the roster of like you could get this character yeah they won't it would look a little lopsided next to like eldegoss and pikachu charizard like charizard and then it's oh there's mewtwo like you'll pick mewtwo every time as a new player but i think that would be a good idea if for them too, it would be a strong pokemon that would help that help players learn the game yeah because it's because you'll you'll hit moves, you'll understand what happens when you hit moves and how to target. Like it's, I'll say this. I think it would be a good. Option. I'll say this. I actually think that Mewtwo might be a decent speedster counter. I don't know what you think about that, but you know, um, speedsters have a hard time getting away from if you're playing Future Sight. I think it's a fantastic. I great. It, it is really a speedster counter. Oh, and it's it is Dodrio hates oh Mewtwo. Yeah, you run teleport, and you you have a decent teleport that gets you close enough to a, a Dodrio it, to, either drain bring it, to either pull it back gauge. in with with Future Sight, or you hit it with um Psy Shock, which then decreases its movement speed and completely saps its gauge. Like you can, you are an assassin of Dodrios and Zosh or. I think we're going to see Dodrios go back to agility um, um, tri-attack because of Mewtwo. I've already seen it in a few games, and I'm like, oh, they're on tri-attack. And then I'm like, oh, that makes sense. They need need agility. They don't want to full commit with Drill Peck because they won't be able to get back out. Um, You know, you have a full heal equipped, but that only is what, every 45 seconds to a minute or something? I don't exactly Mm -hmm. remember the cooldown on it. So it's like... Yeah, like I think that we're going to see agility become like the new norm for Dodrios out of necessity because of, you know, Mewtwo on the ladder. Dodrio is already a tough Pokemon to just randomly blind Q unless you're just the best Dodrio and you can outplay all of the counters that are in the game. Um, yeah. It's already a tough Pokemon because like it, it not only rewards individual play, it has a ton of natural counters and ideally your team is following up on your engages, which when you can't communicate with people is really hard. Um, so it's one of those, it's kind of like, you know, it's the Tracer uh, of Pokemon Unite, where Tracer is like not yep. that good of a of a character in Overwatch, like at low tiers, but it's like God tier in the hands of pros and a coordinated team. That's what Dodrio is. And things like that, I think Zara is going to be even sadder than it was before. 
um, you know, even though it just got these great buffs, it gets these great buffs and then goes into Mewtwo, which it can't assassinate. Even if it goes, you know, all in on the damage of the ult, it still can't blow up the Mewtwo and it'll get reverse blown up before it can ever get back out. Um, so it's just, it's probably a sad day for most of the speedsters. I'd argue like maybe minus Zoroark. I think Zoroark is still probably in Leafeon. Um, but, um, and then of course, mage, so here, mage players, you better steer way clear. <laughs> so, so yeah, well, yeah, I've, I just, as we're talking about counterplay with men, with Mewtwo or some, some things that Mewtwo kind yeah. of does well into one of the previously added mons to the game. Inteleon, mm-hmm. you have to go snipe shot against Mewtwo. Like you cannot yeah. get, afford to get that close and be slowly backing up. Mewtwo will close the distance on you. If you're, if you're on liquidation, pull you in or lock onto you and do 60% of your health. It is Mewtwo is really good against Inteleon yeah. from what and I Inteleon is a solid, like a tier, you know, uh, yeah, laner. Inteleon's great. If Mewtwo's not in the game, there may be a, a scenario in which you still consider liquidation against Mewtwo, but only because only because you have to sit back and wait for Mewtwo to throw his abilities. And then you jump in. You know, and that's like a tough way to play because the long because cool the longer down cooldowns time. now, you know, and you get a liquidation off, but that's a tough way to play, and that's a that's a higher skilled way to play. Like you know, in order to, and this is just advice for if you're a newer or returning player, like the way that you get better at this game is building enough experience to start timing things out in your head. You know, and so understanding that Snorlax just heavy slammed. You know, I've got like six, seven seconds to do anything I want to this guy before he heavy slams again or whatever. You know, it literally goes for every single character. But the more experience you have with the game, the more you'll realize, oh, if I if I throw this ability and mess up Dodrio's speed gauge, you know, um, then I will be able to catch it. Like understanding how the kits work and having that mental timer in your head and the next step being making sure somebody throws that ability on an ally who can take it before you go in. And then they won't have it up to stop you. Like that's the way that people are going to have to play around Mewtwo for the time being until it, it either receives a, a another nerf or <laughs> until it uh, until we get draft mode in this game. Which please, <laughs> please, please, we need it. We need it so bad. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's move on here. I think we've uh, beaten Mewtwo to death a little bit, which is not something we can say in game. <laughs> uh, no we can't no. it's usually the other way around uh, so i wanted to talk we, we promised this last episode i wanted us to talk about the balance patch right so just before the anniversary event and mewtwo dropped uh we did get a balance patch and we previewed what some of those changes uh looked like uh or was, were, were planned to look like and then we actually got those uh released gibby I don't necessarily want to run through all of them, but I do want to sort of go over the highlights. So like in your mind, I think of these, uh, whenever there's a balance patch where it's like buffs, nerfs, changes, whatever, I view them as like good for the character, bad for the character and unnoticeable. And by unnoticeable, it means something could be a nerf, but it really doesn't make that big of an impact or something could be a buff and it really doesn't make that big of an impact. So like looking at these characters, which ones would you argue, um, it did make an impact. This is definitely more playable. It went up at least one tier in your personal rankings. What Pokemon uh, are sitting in that spot for you? First and foremost, Sarah Aura, because it's been in the basement for forever. Uh, the adjustments to the leveling of Sarah Aura, which everyone has been calling for forever, where it has now, it's not six, eight, ten anymore. Um, it is now five, seven, what, five, seven, nine? 
in terms of its leveling, getting its first move, second yeah. move, and mm-hmm. ult. It is in a much better place. Uh, Zeraora has seen a lot more play. Also just receiving some buffs to to discharge and to spark. Uh, and to, or just discharge his cooldown as well going down. And then it was mostly the um, the, the leveling that did it for, for Zara Aura. But uh, where it was previously like, a, okay, I have to wait forever into the mid game, probably second second uh, objectives coming up, Basement Reggie and, and Aleki, before Zara's going to even be able to, to discharge. Now you can expect it, especially if it's jungling, to be on par with some of the other mid uh mid game kind of turnaround characters so i think zara received a great great buff here that made uh a big different or made a big difference do you um, think that looking through now obviously we i think we can both agree this these zara changes are fantastic we we previewed them last time we had an episode and we were excited about them but having played with and against it do you think it's still any better than d tier Yes, I do. Uh, gen- I genuinely do. I think that Zera was always scaled into the late game stat-wise pretty well. I also do think it's a decent team fighter, which is what you needed to kind of turn the tide in the middle of the game. And it now has the moves to be able to help with that timing. I do think it is better than D tier. Okay. I think it is also a very skill expressive character, similar to a Lucario in a way. I've seen some very good Zara Auras carry a game recently that I was like, okay, that's the upper echelon of how this character can be played, and it will just dominate ganks. Like it, it comes in even at level five as a pre. You, you think so? I game. I haven't felt the I, do. I haven't really felt the the Zara gank that much um, because it doesn't get its primary damaging move until seven. Like it, it's definitely if it catches you by surprise, anything can kill you, right? I mean that that's just ganks, right? Oh yeah, I do. I th- I think it's I think it's decent, right? Like Vault Switch, like it always it's got a, a knock up on on, on the slash. basic of one of its moves on slash. I mean, and whether you're sparking in or probably more likely Vault Switching in, like it's just got a really good way to 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 close mm-hmm. people down that don't have the levels that it does. So if used properly and identified like timing wise properly, I think it can really shut down some uh, more fragile. Mm-hmm. laners from getting back to their pad if especially if you have a 3v2 so where would you put it on a tier list now i'd, I'd say, say b i'd say i'd say b maybe yeah, C. The, like well it's well it's it's a definitely tier up from like the, d slash f tier like for sure df um, yes it's definitely better than it was um i don't think it'll be competitively meta yeah it feels niche to me it feels c tier not that it could never be picked but that it would have to be picked in the perfect situation that's kind of because like you know, like compared to like Leafeon and Zoro, like that's my concern is that it just doesn't do anything better than I any put it of in the those. same conversation. I put Charizard now, right? Right. Like Charizard's got very niche reasons in which it can really blow something up. If you are playing the energy amp high damage explosion alt kind of build yeah. with with Zeraor, like we've seen some people play that was popular for a hot minute. I think it has that same impact off mm-hmm. alt that a that a charizard does sure where okay it does some aoe damage some zoning with discharge it gets in it gets out it tries to float around the battlefield a little bit and then it comes in with this big damaging move and has a high impact towards the end of the game that you have to like audibly call out where this pokemon is 
I, I think that's around the realm it is. And I think Charizard for me floats in that B to C category as well. Gotcha. What other Pokemon do you feel like are uh, a step above where they were before? Not now, not in terms of like mathematically, because there's several that receive buffs, but what actually does feel like a, it, it got a, a tier, at least one tier up off of this, this patch. I'll let you dive into why, because I know you agree with this opinion, but Gudra. Gudra, the buffs on Gudra were significant. Um, and in what was already a relatively crowded field of top tier defenders, defenders are doing very well in the Pokemon Unite meta right now. Yeah. I, I, Gudra received some nice buffs to it that have it competing for a slot where it was kind of a secondary option of like, I was like, okay, it's only around if the, the pool gets thin through bands or, or picks in a draft mode. Now it kind of competes where it's got its own reasoning and place in the middle. So, so go ahead and tell us why you think Gudra, why we both mm-hmm. think Gudra really is better from this uh, balance patch. Well, first off, in my uh, evaluation of Gudra, I move it and promote it from C tier to B tier. Um, I don't think that it's A tier. It's definitely not A tier. Um, but I think that where before it was, like you said, super niche. It only worked in a, a few... Um, situations i still think it is a bit more niche than say something like blastoise um but i think the situations in which it is great it's really great situations which it's not great it's still pretty bad and that has everything to do with the fact that it is so slow to evolve it scales uh at the same rate as dragonite so you don't get your uh, evolution full evolution till eight which is huge because that stat increase for these dragon pokemon that evolve at eight instead of at seven that's like a big difference um and you don't get your uh final move until eight so it's like you get uh dragon pulse at five but then you have to wait three levels to get your um your second move so um i think that that's a potential problem for this pokemon and we've seen it in the past and that's still a problem but what's so great is that the um, payoff you get has been increased, right? So the payoff being you are able to um, CC the enemy significantly more effectively now because uh, the GUI attack speed reduction has gone up from 30% to 50%. So that's going to devastate these AD carries, right? Power Whip uh, has its move speed reduction, which was formerly 50% uh, slow for two seconds, is now 80% that diminishes over time uh, for three seconds. So that initial pop of that slow is, is like overwhelming and then it tapers off back to normal. Right? So um, what that means is it's significantly easier to now line up your dragon pulse, which had a cooldown reduction from 7.5 seconds to six seconds and forget not the boosted autos. uh, I believe it's the boosted autos um, and the moves they will like reduce Gudra's cooldown. So if you're continually landing moves and you're continually landing the the GUI stacks and stuff, you're reducing your cooldowns. So you really can spam your acid spray, power whips, and dragon pulses. I'm kind of leaving muddy waters out because it's it's not typically the the played move. It has some niche utility, but I'm just leaving that out now. But one thing I noticed the most was actually the movement speed increase on the Unite move. So the base stat that, that Gudra gets there was a 30% movement speed increase along with a few other things. And that is up to 50%. That's a 20% movement increase on your ult, which does allow you to escape a little bit better, to re-engage a little bit better. 
um, if you're if you're rotating into a fight that's already started, let's say you just came down from top lane, pressing that you know unite move or even pressing that unite move with an X speed, you're zooming into the fight uh, with this you know this heal going off and everything. It's it's a neat um, increase which I do do feel like uh, helps Guja do what he wants to do, which is run around and be this like all-arounder style defender. You're not really stunning people, but you're disrupting, you're pulling someone out of position with Dragon Whip, or you're charging them and applying GUI buffs, uh, GUI debuffs. Um, And so you're just screwing with the enemy. Now, here's the thing, Gibby. I still think it it is definitely susceptible to CC, more so than a lot of other tanks. It does not have a way to get unstoppable or hindrance reduction, right? Um... And because unlike some other tanks like Slowbro, uh, Mamoswine even, which, you know, I think is an interesting case, right? The survivability does not really come from your passives, right? It's coming from actively using and landing your moves. And if you're constantly being CC'd, you can't be healing yourself up with Dragon Pulse in a timely manner. And so I think Gudra is designed like primarily to be used as a DPS defender, Somebody that you're going to go top, you're going to get some stacks on you, you're going to get a little, some safe farm. If it gets to be, you know, seven minutes and you're not a Gudra already, you're going to stay top while the rest of your team goes bot uh, and, and challenges the bot Reggie while you get caught up. And then in that late game, you're basically a, a pseudo carry and you need help from your supports and potentially even a second tank in order to keep the enemy stunned or keep yourself healed long enough to be able to spam your abilities, which is what Guja really likes to do. So its niche has been improved in that it has a role and it's now even better at that niche. The question is going to be over time, um, is that sort of peculiar setup where you need to have this tank as a carry and not carrying an XP share, and you probably even need to have another tank uh, maybe a, maybe a Blissey as a as a compromise, like a supporty that's that's bulky. And I think that that is viable. I think it's strong. And Gooch is definitely putting out more damage and is being even more of a disruption than ever before. The question remains, it, in my personal estimations, that B tier is it going to ever get even you know higher? I kind of doubt it. At least not while it takes so long to get evolved. But um, that's Gudra. Give me other any other Pokemon that you're like, yes, this is significantly better. This is noticeably better than before. One more last thing on Gudra. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't give you a rebuttal. No, you're, <laughs> you're good. I agree with everything you said. And I'm going to give you one comparison as to who I look at it now and maybe the mm-hmm. same situation mm-hmm. in which you would run a character like this, but in a different slot, like role-wise, mm-hmm. is Gudra to me is now on par or or fits the same mold as Scissor. Scissor take it gets online one level earlier but definitely yeah. you want some stacks on it it scales into That's the late game point. scales into the late game and it says i'm gonna be really hard to kill i do mm-hmm. all of my healing off of moves scissor does the healing off of bullet punch while the dragon pulse for for gudra yeah and i'm gonna be up in your face creating space creating havoc and just being a menace late game but i need to be able to get my stacks and get my levels in order to be that late game terror and and need to be able to survive infinite cc because if scissor mm-hmm. or if exactly. uh, gudra get cc'd to high hell they're doing nothing so they need other you know teammates either you know 
protecting them from that CC, eating some of the CC themselves, or stunning the enemy so that they can't use their CC. So, yeah, that's definitely a great comparison. Perfect comparison. Ranged mages, ranged attackers that have a CC element to it, like an A9, or even um, slow from like a Decidueye or something like that, really just mess with the mm. ability of, or even like a Blastoise being able to kind of push back, like if you're running like Surf Hydro Pump, something like that. Yeah. Really mess up the ability for some move dependent kind of late game juggernauts to get into a team fight and really do what they're, what they're meant to do. So um, yeah, I, I think from the rest of the patch, there's nothing that I, that I see that I really think has, has jumped significantly where we see small changes here and there that may or may not be noticeable, but there's nothing that I think is saw a bunch of play that isn't anymore or vice versa that I think is just significant enough. Yeah. Nothing that I think, makes you go wow that's so much better there's now i think that um you know i think we could argue about mamoswine because everybody seems to be putting mamoswine in the bottomest tier before this buff and uh i never thought it belonged there is the thing i always felt like mamoswine was a c tier character never a d or f tier character um but i know that i'm in the minority in that um you know, in, in that discussion, right? A lot of people really just do not have any respect uh, for Mamoswine. And I'm not here to debate that. What I will say is, I think now it can be argued that Mamoswine is where I always thought it was. Mamoswine did not go up in my personal estimation. But I would argue that Mamoswine went up or should have gone up in the estimation of all of the people that trashed it and say that it's bottom tier. Because... It's sure. better do, at doing what it always wanted to do. Um, and it, it survives a little bit longer now with the thick fat buffs, which I think are the probably the only important buffs to it, except for the cooldown on the Unite move, the knockup on the Unite move. It's still a bad Unite move, but it's less bad and you get it back faster. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think Mamoswine is a C tier Pokemon now, but you know, it was always C tier for me. <laughs> so and maybe what it is, is it was D plus for everybody else and, and like C minus for you. And now it's C plus for you and C minus for everybody else. But that's the probably accurate. But the agreement yeah. is now that it is in that C, that C plus tier. And, and I think that it it's definitely, it's a very mar like it's marginal, right? But it is better. Um, now, I think if we go down this list, like I'm going to rattle some things off. Please tell me if you disagree, but I'm going to go over the Pokemon that I think are, whether they received a buff or a nerf, not really a noticeable change. Okay. Okay. Inteleon. Stop. Inteleon, uh, the buff to Inteleon is significant, but why it's not noticeable is because it's replacing a move that was already good. Like, so the buff to Felstinger yeah, exactly. replaces Accurate. The buff to the Altelio is already in a good place. The buff to Felstinger, and it's now my preferred move to to pair either with Liquidation or Snipeshot because I really think mm -hmm. the range on it has made a difference. Felstinger was replacing Acrobatics, which was already good, so it didn't really make Inteleon any better. I just think Felstinger and Acrobatics are on the same power, on the same level now. Mm -hmm. So it as a whole with the character, it doesn't change its power level. Okay, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think Leafeon, pretty much same spot, unnoticeable. Uh, honestly, the Solar Blade buff might, uh, yeah. So like Leaf Blade got the cooldown increased and the damage reduction, um, but 
you know, better for the character. You have more options now, but it didn't increase yeah. the overall power level. Leafeon is still bonkers good. Both builds, fantastic. It's, it is what it is. The aerial ace buffs are still trash. Not touching it. N- no one's touching it, yeah. Um, Lucario, I think, is uh, relatively unnoticeable. I It received buffs, but I, in my personal estimation of it, the buffs were nice. I don't know that it bumps it up a tier, right? Like, uh, you know, now, granted, I'm biased. I've always been a power-up punch player. Power-up punch didn't get touched. Same. To me, the e-speed damage is still not so much that I'm like, oh, wow, we're getting trashed by this Luka. Even good Lukas. I'm like, Luka before this patch could have done the same thing. And Luka after this patch, it's like, okay, you're a skilled Luka player. Like, I don't feel like that's it's the buffs. I think it's the skill and the execution of e-speed. And, you know, it got a 10% um, like uh, damage scaling uh, buff and a 10, a 10 damage base buff. It's does more damage, but is it that much? I, I, I don't think so. Close combat, the cooldown went down, but nobody's playing uh, close combat right now. Everyone's playing the bone rush because it feeds off the e-speed. Um, the only thing I say that I'm like, wow, that really does make things better is the Unite move casting almost instantly now. It's like half the time on the animation, which is big. But, dude, I, I don't feel like Luka is... It's, obviously, it's not worse. It's technically better. But is it noticeably better? In my estimation, no. Agreed. Um, I think Lucario is a, is a fever dream. You get the shades of all of the people because we for, we forget as a community that Lucario was busted forever and the devs that was never the original that was the original yeah never forget that was yeah. the original the devs refused to nerf this Pokemon even yeah though the originalization un, yeah the un, even though it was undeniably I mean we had back when we had the one one three meta um mm-hmm. in old remote stadium where it was undeniable that Lucario was the best top laner to stick up there just because it really could nothing else could really compete with it at early levels and it scaled a lot better we have a bunch of people coming back who are like oh i remember in the heyday what it used to be and they're trying to make it work they're trying to make fetch work and it's not it's just not going to work it's not going to be the same that it used to um i think lucario is you can play e-speed now like you can look at e-speed bone rush and go yes as a lucario player yeah i would like to revisit this move set and i think I am better with this moveset if I'm going to play with it than I am with close combat and power-up punch. And I and I think that is fine. And you'll be rewarded for your skill. But again, it's it just all circles back to, like, do, in my mind, does it move up a tier? No. I think it's still B tier. I, I, I don't see any world in which it elevates to A tier and as, like, a, as like a secondary must-pick kind of category because I think it's still, like, there's so many other... There's so many other, especially in competitive... Uh, options in the top lane that can lane almost as well. Yes, Lucario is one of the best laners in the entire game. Also, Zacian exists. You know what I mean? Also, Mewtwo exists. You know, also, Buzzwell exists. And, you know, um, the other thing I'll say is, um, I'm going through this list, uh, Wiggly technically got a buff. So what I'm interested in is the fact that there was an undocumented buff that apparently they discovered where um, after the Unite move, 50% of the shields are converted to healing now, which is nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Does it elevate Wiggly? I don't think so. And I've been thinking about this recently. Why does Wiggly feel like some metas it's fantastic and some metas it's trash? It is the most meta-dependent support slash tank that is in the game, full stop. Because if the strongest Pokemon in the meta are Pokemon that can either uh, you know, go unstoppable 
or dash really far away, then Sing is useless. Rollout is completely dead in the water because they refuse to buff it despite it being a, a joke move that I love. I love it, but it's a joke move, let's be honest. So if they if they were to go in and reduce rollout by like three seconds on its cooldown, Wiggly would be viable because you could go into a match, see what you're playing, and pick rollout if it's something that Sing is not good at. Because everything else in Wiggly's kit is great. It's a fantastic laner. It has an incredible Unite move for teamfights that purge and cleanse CC off of your allies. Like, it's great. It's just that it does nothing into Umbreon, nothing into Blastoise, nothing into Dark Bear. Like, even something like Lucario or Zoroark will just dash away from its sing and it won't get the sleep off. It sucks to look at a Wiggly buff and where in the past it would be like, oh man, sing got a two second cooldown reduction. That's amazing. Except it's not. Because the truth is, is that the only thing that will dictate, you know, Wiggly going up and down is what's popular. So Also what competes with sad. it in that, sp- in that spot and full heals back to like a moderate battle item. Yeah, I mean, you're competing with things like Blissey and Clefable from like a, you know, sort of laning healer. But it's, it's actually in a we- it's more like a Mr. Mime, really, uh, where it's like a pseudo tank with a little bit of CC. But unlike Mime, which has a little more damage, Wiggly has a little bit more support because of the Unite move. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit sad for that. And then let's just quickly run down the list. You know, I think we can argue that there are some things that uh, the nerf was felt. So Umbreon is still great. But I do feel the nerfs. Having played a ton of Umbreon, I definitely, definitely feel, especially the foul play cooldown uh, increase from five seconds to seven seconds is massive. And I'm sitting there going, why can't I dash yet? I need to dash. Uh, and so I'm I'm absolutely noticing that. Um, the snarl uh, damage uh, and stun is noticeable, but snarl is still a fantastic move. And I think that if you're a good Umbreon player, you're looking for... Like, you're looking to predict when the enemy is going to CC you, and then you hit Snarl to dodge it, basically, and then get away. The Wish buff is nice, but Wish is its worst move. And I think you can play, like, a pseudo-support mean-look Wish build, which I've played some. Um, And it is nice, but let's be honest. Umbreon took a hit. It's still great. I would say it's A-plus or S-minus tier now. Um, And uh, it's still going to be played at at a very high level for a while. But... I yeah. noticed it. What they're not doing, what they're not doing to Umbreon that's moving it down tiers is they're not touching any of its space stats. They're just adjusting. They're just adjusting up and down the uh-huh. cooldowns and the timings and the strength and the damage of, and the strength of moves. But they're yeah. not touching the base character as a whole. So when they reduce the power of two moves and they raise the power of other two moves, you're just replacing the well, how I, it's going to be played. I mean, not, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily because they did nerf the amount of healing you get from your boosted, which that's that's it's not a huge amount. But, okay. but the, the strength of the Pokemon is actually just the the CC components that it could do, the disruption it could do, and the fact that it can stay alive for forever because of the shield and the unstoppable from, um, you know, uh, uh, Snarl. So, like, I agree. What they're doing is, like turning it from an 11 down to a 10 you know <laughs> uh, and, and that's like that is it's gonna take more than that to knock umbreon like a couple you know a tier or two down but it did definitely in my mind go from the obviously best pokemon of the game to like the one of the best and i think that like the auto ban that it's been eating 
um, when it's been in tournaments is going to shift right back to Slowbro now. Um, and maybe even Lapras is valued above Umbreon. I don't know that, but I'm just like guessing. Um, Chandelure, Gibby, I felt the, the cooldown increase. Did, did you, have you felt the cooldown increase? Yeah, I do. I feel the cooldown increase along with the dead time that you get after the, um, after the final blast of overheat. It, it does feel like it does. It's almost like a 10 second cooldown at this point, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, I, it's Chandelure still fine. Chandelure still a good character, um, yeah. in the, in the hands of a skilled player, but uh, yeah, you definitely have a lot less damage. Uh, the hyperbeam nerf. Um, we would have to probably talk to Justin about this, but I can't see a world in which two seconds longer on hyperbeam isn't just objectively worse. Um, I haven't played it, but the truth is, it, it, it's a nerf. Like like hyperbeam was finally coming back, and now it's going to go right back into the maybe pile. Um, and then finally, Gibby, uh, Zoroark stat decrease. I have noticed I'm not getting blown up by Zoroark as quickly. Uh, I still get blown up, but not as quickly. I have longer to try to counterplay. And then Dura. So, like, Dura is such a weird scenario, and you and I hypothesized about why this is, right? Because they reduced all of the uh, bonus damage. Like, Dura formerly did a bunch of bonus damage to wild Pokemon. It was designed as this farming, objective-ripping character, and they reduced that. Now, you and I theorized why that is. Do you want to tell the audience why we think that is? Tower defense. Tower defense mode is literally nothing but ripping, with the exception of like occasional. You see a character that like a like we talked about, like a Hoopa spawns or something runs down lane. That's like a character in the game. Ninety percent of what you're hitting in the in the tower defense mode is wild Pokemon, and they I they think they solved that Duraldon was the objectively best character for yep. that mode with its single attack damage and the additional wild Pokemon damage. So it's possible that they changed that for that. And you may be asking, why wouldn't they have just coded Duraludon's wild Pokemon buff to be turned off? Well, why wouldn't they have coded Mystical Fire on Delphox to give you the cooldown reduction if you land it? Clearly, nothing in that mode has had any sort of Pokemon-based like recoding around these things that are in that are scaled and designed for the competitive 5v5 full, you know, unite game mode. Um, And these wild Pokemon were not reclassified. Even the bosses are not reclassified. So if you have any sort of move that wouldn't work on a wild Pokemon or a Reggie or whatever, they won't work in this game mode. And so because of that, I think their quick and easy response, instead of going through and sort of like tuning characters within only that game mode and clearly their back end doesn't support that so i think my theory is they nerfed dura's wild pokemon farming niche in order to secretly support uh this alternate game mode that they that they put out and not allow it to wreck the game mode and be an auto pick i still think it's a top tier pick but um so they massively reduce the bonus damage that you get to wild pokemon like incredibly and playing it in you know, um, uh, the actual game mode, like you do notice it doesn't take wild Pokemon anywhere near as fast. It doesn't rip uh, objectives anywhere near as fast. However, they did decrease as compensation the cooldown on like all of the moves uh, except for uh, the Dragon Claw or Metal Claw. Um, So except for that one, whatever the one where you, you know, you dash backwards and reposition and stun. That one didn't get any changes, but Stealth Rock, Dragon Pulse, and Flash Cannon all received cooldown reductions. Um, 
And they actually even retooled Stealth Rock slightly to be a little bit more effective at slowing. I still don't think it's that good. Um, it's definitely good for creating stacks like of the um, of the marks for the for Dragon Pulse. It's definitely still good at that. Um, I I have been like okay, a fifteen percent to a twenty five percent slow is still like trash compared to a lot of the other slows in the game, right? Um, and so the decrease stacking up to that is like not that impressive. Um, but you know, okay, whatever. I think a lot of people are still on the fence about this. Is it better because it has lower cooldowns and can team fight better? Is it worse because it can't rip objectives as fast? A lot of people, even on Spragle's latest tier list, he kind of just put this in the nether realm, I think is what he called it, because he was like, I just don't know what to make of this, and neither do I. I don't either. I really don't. I love this. I love Stealth Rock. Stealth Rock and Dragon Pulse are my favorite way to play. Well, I do recognize that Dragon Tail, which didn't receive any changes. Dragon Tail, that's what it was. Yeah, Dragon, dragon Tails. Dragon Tails. Dragon, dragon Tails. tails. <laughs> Jumping backwards with Dragon Tails. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Um, I do think that Dragon Tail is still a really good move and arguably, I think, most likely the better move, unless mm-hmm. you're playing in a very specific way with Stealth Rock. Um yeah. It just does different things. It, it team fights better now, but it doesn't clear jungle farm and, and ensure that it's got its levels better and it's present more often than it used to, right? Like it takes a little mm-hmm. longer to clear through camps. It takes a little longer to clear through farm as you're moving through a jungle, if you're going from top lane to bottom lane or vice versa. But it does more depending on the moves that you're using in a battle. So what what role are you having it fill? How what's the survivability of it look like if you truthfully are being able to put up a little bit of a better front with stealth rocks, um, and you're you're killing more things and uh, with with the dragon pulse reduction or the flash cannon uh, reduction. So like, what role are you having it fill? It, no one's playing it competitively. I really don't think they were in the first place, despite it doing really well in solo queue. It's just kind of in this. I recognize it's there. I'll never scoff at it being picked, but it's just weird. Yeah, it definitely obviously had a niche before, which was uh, represented by the fact that it had a fantastic solo queue pick rate and a terrible competitive pick rate. Right. Um, And it was kind of a pub stomp character that allowed you to sort of uh, rapidly take objectives if nobody was paying attention, which really only works in solo queue. But yeah, hard, hard to hard to pin down where that's going to land because, again, it did get buffs to its moves, but are those moves viable enough to live in a competitive environment? I just, I don't personally think so, but I, I, I can't, I won't be able to tell until more data is gathered and until more people actually try to pick it. And I'm hoping we may get a chance to see it uh, in, in Worlds. Somehow, I'm skeptical. Um, <laughs> so last thing we want to talk about, and, and this is more uh, to spur discussion for uh, the next episode. And so uh, we are going to post a couple of polls and responses you can answer on the Spotify. Uh, if, if you have Spotify and you're listening there, you can um, respond through that. Uh, we are hosted through Spotify. So even though you can listen to this on all these other sources, that's where you can respond to these polls. Um, but we're going to have uh, a quick, I'm just going to quickly mention some of the upcoming Pokemon. So uh, obviously we knew Blaziken was incoming um, and supposedly Blaziken will be coming in uh, sometime in the next you know month or two. Uh, Mewtwo Y, like Mega Y evolution, like Mega, why are we doing this? Uh, but anyways, we have another My Mewtwo version. My thoughts exactly, version. Mega Y. Uh, it, 
Mega, Mewtwo Mega Y. Uh, and uh, that's the one that Gibby's going to start maining because this thing is a basically a mage that looks bonkers. Mega um, WTF. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously uh, Blaziken. We've known about these. These are on the test server. People are playing them. There's game footage of them. Um, and if you haven't yet, check them out. I am positive that your your regular you know, um, uh, content creators on YouTube will have some, some clips that you can watch, you know, um, Spragles or Chris heroes or someone like that. Um, but on top of those two, we also have three more that were leaked by El Chico Evie, uh, the, the community's best friend, uh, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to reliable leaks, the data um, mining goat, the data mining goat, uh, and there are three Pokemon that have been supposedly coded in the game and that are likely to be uh, seeing a release sometime in the, and, and I imagine on the public test server, probably sometime after Worlds. Um, and those are uh, Sprigatito slash Meowscarada, which is the first, which is going to be the first Scarlet and Violet Pokemon that will be playable, which is very cool. That's the grass starter. Um, Metagross, which is uh, a classic Gen 3. That was the uh, ace for uh, Steven, I think, uh, the, the champion. So that's a steel-type uh, powerhouse, um, <clears throat> which there's no world in which Metagross is an ev- either a defender or an all-rounder. I'm hoping a defender. Uh, but may- might be legitimate, have a, have a claim to all-rounder. <clears throat> and then the weird one, Mimikyu, and Mimikyu is going to be a really interesting situation. It is a Pokemon that is beloved by the community. It's absolutely adorable. It's a ghost Pokemon. And it's weird, right? Because it's got like a, uh, in the VGC, it's got a, a move that sort of protects it uh, on like that first, I think, first hit of damage or something like that. And its little costume gets messed up because it's wearing like a Pikachu, a crappy Pikachu costume. Um and so what I'm sitting here wondering is it does have offensive firepower in the video games. And so sometimes in those games, it's viewed as like a, you know, a, a DPS Pokemon. Um, is this going to be a mage? Is this going to be a speedster? Is this going to be a support? I'm just, I have no idea what direction they're going to take it. I'm just really hoping I'm really petitioning for it to be a support because we haven't had a support in a while are I've been calling this out. I doubt it's going to be a healer, but I've been calling out the fact that like, we really have a, such a limited pool of healers that if even one of them gets bugged, like if like Eldegoss was bugged for a while, if even, I think it's still bugged technically, if even one of them gets bugged, it instantly like slashes the pool of viable characters in draft format down to like a really awkward number. Um, and, and I think that we desperately need more options at healer, but um Either way, support is still the smallest pool of characters, and I would be really bummed to see the next five or six releases all be DPS. So I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that that Mimikyu is a uh, is a support. But Gibby, of those uh, three Pokemon, and I'll, I'll throw in Blaziken and Mewtwo. Why? Just because? Why not? Uh, which one are you most excited for? Mewtwo. Why? For the Mage potential. Um, I, I can't imagine that they're going to make Mewtwo. Why? Um, a bum with Mewtwo X being well, he's gonna be strong. As, as strong as it is. He, he's gonna Maybe be they'll learn their lesson. We want to do emergency nerfs, but I think it'll still be good. Um, and then Mimikyu, the wild card of of what's coming up. We know movesets and Aria, that of all of Blaziken. Mm-hmm. We don't really know anything of Metagross, but I'm not a defender player by heart. So I don't think Metagross is my initial like interest, but mm-hmm. Mimikyu, I also hope is going to be a support. 
And even if it is some sort of kind of janky weird support that has unique abilities similar to what we kind saw like when Sableye, Sableye came in, yeah. I, I think that will that will peak my peak my fancy. I'm I'm ready for for that. I, I totally agree. And here's what I will say is I'm also so I like Metagross. Don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on Metagross or Blaziken. Um, I am concerned about Blaziken. I think Blaziken is going to be dangerously good. I mean, all these Pokemon that release seem to just every single one, it's now a trend for them to release OP, but whatever. Um, but I like both those Pokemon. But if I'm being honest, the one I'm most intrigued by, like as in like what's this going to be, is um, besides Mimikyu, is actually uh, Sprigatito slash Meowscarada. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. So like it's interesting because it's a dark grass Pokemon. And if you uh, have played Scarlet and Violet and even looked at some of the artwork, they, they're tricky. They're like tricksy Pokemon, right? Because it's a dark type. So it's like uh, Flora Gato has this like almost like this yo-yo vine thing that it like spins around almost like a ninja, right? Uh, and then the, the final evolution form, uh, it's it's uh, I think it's fine. It's like main move is like flower trick or something like that. And it actually like debuffs the enemy. So I'm going to be really interested like, I think it's probably going to be an attacker. But what I'm I'm unsure about is like maybe there's a world in which it exists as like a debuffing supporter with a lot of CC and stuns because like all of these tripping vine effects and stuff like that. And that would be really interesting because I don't even think we have a three stage supporter. Uh, am I wrong on that? Is there any supporter that's three stage? I think they're all single or double or or dual stage. No, um, I think you're, I think you're right. I don't think we have any three stage supporter. No. Um, and so I would be just really keen on seeing something like that and see how that fits in. But even if it is an attacker, there's no way that the only and the first and only Scarlet and Violet release, which is a starter, is going to come in like boring. They're going to release some cool tricksy moves because they have to because that's part of the character's identity. So I'm just really excited to see what they do with Meowscarada. So anyways um that is it those leak mods we're gonna put up a poll of those five i hope we didn't miss one but i think that's all we know about so far um please let us know and vote which one you're most excited for um because guys like it's crazy to think that like we we basically have the next five releases pretty much figured out um and that'll probably take us through into like september maybe maybe october if they if they slow down release dates but um some great options some fan favorites i'm excited to see what the community uh is most amped for so that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening to this episode of aos airwaves obviously as always uh we'll be linking the uh discord community and the patreon down below um, I think Gibby has one more thing for us here. Yes, just want to build a little bit of hype for uh, an episode that we mentioned last episode that we're going to be putting out here in the near future is we're going to grab all of our, our past primates folks that we can, and we are going to do a live draft episode uh, on air of us mm-hmm. selecting a, basically in, the, in like a snake draft format, our teams for the uh, Pokemon Unite World Championships in Yokohama, Japan. So uh, if you want to play alongside of us, we will try to link the rosters the roster of all the teams that are going to be competing from each of the different regions that you can, and, and maybe the, the tiers in which we're placing them if we are, if we are going to do tiers, but uh, we want you guys to draft your own team alongside of us and see how you compete and see if you do better than us as we're, as we're creating our own rosters of who we think is going to take the world championship. 
and and we'll be putting that in the discord which is just another great reason to jump in the discord um we have a dedicated channel in this discord that is that covers all of the different podcasts that we are part of as this network and so if you you go to the discord on the patreon you see camp legend that is sort of the banner uh group that uh gibby and i's podcast lives under um and any sort of support or conversation there um feeds all of the things that we do so even like as little as a dollar a month if you get a lot out of this if you listen regularly um goes a a surprisingly long way in making sure we can keep doing this fix equipment when it breaks all that sort of stuff so anyways um thank you all for listening uh so much we will uh we'll be getting that episode out sometime in the next couple weeks um don't forget obviously vote if you're on listening on spotify and join the discord if you have any sort of thoughts questions or suggestions for future content in the meantime though we encourage you to have fun show up to rayquaza and do not forget to ping your lanes we'll see you next time